are you following or are you choosing? Is somebody telling you you have to do something or are you choosing to do it? Like these are the questions we have to ask ourselves um, when we're in this Aquarian energy is like, um, am I listening to my truth or am I having somebody outside of me or something outside of me tell me what my truth should be? This is Inspired Astrology with Lauren K. Hickman, offering energy interpretation for every new moon, full moon, and significant celestial event. Welcome. Welcome home. Welcome to this moment. Welcome to this space. This is Lauren K. Hickman with Inspired Astrology, and I thought that we'd start this episode with a brief meditation. Please use your discernment if you're driving. Probably not a great time to close your eyes, of course, but if you have the space and capacity, let's just take a moment. I'd like you to just follow your breath in through your nostrils, keeping the mouth closed, just finding a sense of climate within your breath. What are you feeling in your body right now? Is there tightness? Is one of your nostrils plugged up? Is your throat feeling tense? Does your lung capacity feel labored right now? Just check in, no judgment here. Just feel the quality of your breath in this moment. And take a moment to just draw that breath down, your awareness down into the space of your hips and pelvis. Feel the weight of your being supported in whatever chair or cushion, whatever is supporting you right now. Just feeling that connection there in the base of your hips, allowing your body to soften into that connective holding. Nothing too Tighten up or hold on to your supported in this time and space. And just drawing the breath in through the nostrils all the way down into the base of your pelvis and hips. Now focusing in on the belly, the abdomen, and starting to circulate and expand the breath like a balloon into that circumference of you. Allow your psoas, muscle, the abdomen, everything to just soften. Breathing into the back body, the lower back. Noting any discomfort, any tension that you can breathe into and sort of soften your awareness around that flag from your body. And just following that breath in and out, just expanding the space of the belly, allowing the side ribs and side body to open up and express. And the next out breath, we're just going to give of ourselves for a moment here. We're going to give out so that we can receive, right? So create some space for yourself here. Deep, soft inhale in. And on the next exhale out, I want you to breathe all the air out of your lungs. 
Just letting go of the morning or the evening or the day or the week, anything that's kind of being blocked or held onto here in the space of the lungs, just pressing the air all the way out, allowing the diaphragm to constrict, contract, and perhaps a little cough at the end to get that last bit of air out, finding that hollow space. And when you're ready, come back into your breath. Let it go softly. You can contract your throat a little bit to create that soft attention to the breath, a soft inner wave. And next, bringing your attention into your heart space, drawing in the breath here. And softening, allowing the glow of your heart to move into your arms and wrists and elbows and fingertips. Just softening everything. Let the shoulders drop. One more inhale into the heart. Feel the back of the heart open and soften here and just relax into space. Just softening. Coming into the attention of where your shoulders and clavicle are. Feeling where the jaw is, where the alignment of the head is above the space of the neck. Maybe take a soft inhale into the neck space. Allow your tongue to soften in the mouth, the teeth, the lips, everything just soften here. Feel your jawline. Feel your face, your nostrils. What's the temperature on your skin? And now I'd like you to bring your attention to your ears and you can hear my voice coming in, floating into your ear space. But what other noises do you hear? Is there construction outside? Are there birds? A woodpecker, perhaps. Cityscape sounds, cars, just noticing. What are you hearing? On the next inhale, drawing those sounds, the external world outside of your body, if you can just sort of bring that into the space inside of yourself. And on the exhale, allowing those sounds and moments, whatever is outside of you, just allowing yourself to exchange with that space. If there's any tension within, just allowing that to pour out, knowing that the space can accommodate you. And on the in-breath, allowing the space, all the room, all the motion and movement around you, all of existence, these sounds presenting as the moment that we're in, Draw in the sounds through the breath. Have a swallow, check in, just noticing where your eyes are in space right now. And have a couple breaths in through the brow, the forehead. Just feel the breath moving in through the face, if you can imagine with me, if you will. Just taking those breaths in through the nostril, and out through the brow, in and out, in and out. 
Thank you for joining that with me. And you can open your eyes when you're ready. And we'll begin. So welcome to the SpaceCast. This is Lauren K. Hickman with Inspired Astrology. And we just had a big week of a lot of astrological astrological listen to me um we had a solar eclipse on monday the new moon in sagittarius was on the 14th of december big sagittarius vibes there a lot of mercurial energy happening with that um you can check out the new moon report for that day but i mean think of this as the birth moment for all that we've brought in the gestation period of this year coming out of our cocoons as kimberly kelly my guest today uh talks about here on the podcast so what are we creating for ourselves and you know i think about sagittarius season as being a very bright optimistic um bringing that just the big heart energy into the space that we consume that we're around that we're in and i i love this idea of bringing some joy into a season meant to be very celebratory you know the winter solstice is the sun being born you know the the beginning of an of a new era you know that these days of darkness are now coming to an end and things will lighten and brighten as we move forward through the dark days of winter through this period of I love that word gestation. You know, winter is a time where we slow down, where we reset, where we allow ourselves to stop and slow down. And we live in a society that is constantly moving forward, constantly consuming, constantly producing. And I want you to take a moment to consider how you can rest, relax, and restore in this season. You think about what CBD does for our brains, you know, helping the endocannabinoid system to relax, restore, reset, regenerate. And this is a time to allow ourselves to do just that. Uh, But first we get through the Sagittarius season of like the build up to the holidays, the build up to the celebration, the reconnecting, um, the inspiring pieces that we draw into ourselves to get through these seasons. We get our projects going, we, you know, get all craftsy, we might decorate. And I feel like with Mercury's high presence in the chart of the eclipse on Monday, I want you to really consider your inner child um, as we as we move into this big, great conjunction coming on the 21st, um, you know, allowing your inner child to speak for you to to allow yourself to, to reconnect and give give that child a sense of security and also to share and celebrate with the little people that are in your life. Um, this year has been very, very hard on children in in all over the world. I mean, this idea of being being stuck indoors, the virtual learning, the lack of socialization, which is such a it's important part to being human. But for children, I think it's it's especially important that we not dive so far into technology that we're taking away from that that green time, that exposure to one another, being outside, having real time conversations, not just FaceTime. So I think anything that you can do for the little humans in your life to help them feel more celebrated, more seen, more loved, um, and also that goes for the caretakers of children, the teachers, the educators, the the people who labor for children and their growth. So just taking a moment for that to consider. Um, 
you know, Neptune's placement here, um, square to all these energies made for another sort of dreamy week. You know, it's like, what's the world that we want to create? Once the one that we're living in, where is there a dissonance between those two realities, you know, as we kind of check in with the desired sense of self. And I think this, the solar eclipse was a culmination point to all the Saturn Capricorn kind of energy that we were working with this year. You know, the sense of decomposition of the cultural norms that have saturated uh, at least the culture I'm speaking from Western American culture uh, these old systems of belief or old school values that we've uh, come to realize were empty hollow and uh, privileged and I feel like this is really a time to step into a space of like, what, what is the world that you see before you? What's the, what's the kind of world that you want to live in and how can you create that for yourself? But the solar eclipse energy had a very Saturnian vibe about it, very authoritarian, um, control, mastery, kind of a, I don't want to say a male energy, but that uh, assertive energy is the word that I'm looking for there. And I heard from a lot of my people over the weekend. Um, I myself had a very cathartic Sunday leading up to this and then, you know, spent midnight watching the Geminides meteor shower pouring from the sky. It just felt like a rain of blessings. And I hope that you got a chance to see those. If not, do not worry. They will be back around or <laughs> actually Earth will be back around turning that direction. This is such a wonderful time for sky viewing. The winter sky is unlike any sky here in the uh, in North America. The Pleiades are up and available. We can see Saturn and Jupiter. Um, they're going to be conjunct on the solstice. And when we say conjunction, that means they're they're literally going to be available and present for us to see in the sky in the sky. Um, so this great conjunction, it's known as the Christmas star. Uh, I I. Do not celebrate Christianity in my own personal life, even though I live in a culture that traditionally holds those things. So, you know, to me, this is the solstice star. However you wish to perceive that is totally up to you. Um, but it's going to be very present. So remember to go outside this coming weekend, uh, the 20th, 21st, it'll be the brightest, of course. And um, but we have a couple day window on either side to go check that out. So the eclipse, um, I, I hope that you were listening to yourself, whether you were asleep for it during it, doesn't matter. Um, you know, whatever information came up to the forefront of your consciousness is such a gift. Please don't um, allow yourself to slip away from some of the realizations that might have been more clear to you over the weekend. Or maybe it wasn't a sense of clarity. Maybe there was some severe drama happening in your life that illustrated something subconscious, a pattern, something that was right there and it's ready and fresh, a karmic zit ready to pop right in front of you. Um, so just just honoring yourself, honoring that experience um, and Take some time to enjoy and celebrate and find the little windows of presence and celebration right now. Um, decorating, I think, uh, uplifting your environment, pulling out the good plates, getting the shiny silverware out, whatever, whatever feels celebratory to you, honoring your humanity, the dignity of having a human heart. Remember your head and shoulders, you know, remember you matter, that you belong here. 
And speaking of belonging here, this big Aquarian energy that we're going to be stepping into on the winter solstice. Uh, this is like a, a a setting of energy for the next 200 years moving to this energy of air. And Aquarius is a big freedom-loving, independent, self-defining quality. And I... I've been looking at the the charts for 2021, at least for the new moon and full moon, kind of looking ahead to see what what energy are we stepping into. And it's the shift from Capricorn into Aquarius, which is, you know, one extreme to the next. You know, we have the the earth element and then Capricorn is very much like a mountain. And then we have the water bearer, uh, the Aquarian air energy that has a fluidity of consciousness about it. Um I think that Saturn, uh, Saturn shifting into Aquarius last night, um, you know, I'm speaking through this podcast on the 17th, but it shifted last night and it's going to feel a little wobbly. It's going to feel a little unstable. You know, the way that I sort of, uh, feel this, this shift is trying to step onto a ride at a carnival that has like a G force quality to it, sort of a gravitational aspect or pull about it that takes you off of the ground and Saturn in its home sign of Capricorn felt very grounded, felt very powerful. Um, it was a lot. It was a big year. We've been we've been in an earth element for a long time, sort of the general vibe of things for a long time. You know, and Pluto will remain in Capricorn, continuing to unearth all of the shadow bits, all the shadow bits of Capricorn that control stuff, the the systems in place what is no longer serving us. And Aquarius is very humanitarian. It is very big picture. Uh, there's some aloofness to it. You could associate it with technology due to Uranus's influence. Um, but, uh, you know, Aquarius is big. It's airy. It is freedom-loving, independence. And I love this conversation that we're having with my good friend, Kimberly Kelly, uh, that you'll hear here just in a few minutes. I met Kimberly through her spouse, Linda, at Zanzibar Coffee in Des Moines. Um, there was enough people who'd mentioned, hey, you got to meet Kimberly Kelly. Hey, I think that you should be introduced to Kimberly Kelly. And, um, you know, I have to admit, this is sort of like a secret in uh, the world of uh, alternative people like myself, that sometimes there can feel like there's a threat when you're meeting a new astrologer or someone who's just like you, you know, because I hear that a lot. Like, let me introduce you to me. She does energy where she, you know, this way. And usually I have to get out of my own way and recognize that there is an abundance of energy for all of us. And I say this all the time, you know, I support other energy workers. I support other astrologers. You will constantly see me referring folks to someone who has skill sets that I do not carry. Because guess what? Lauren K. Hickman is not everyone's flavor of ice cream. So you get to choose if you want to indulge in me or many other practitioners out there. Like I love celebrating you. That's why I make myself available. That is why I've dedicated my life to this work of spiritual integration and supporting people on their paths. And that means that I support other astrologers. I support I support everyone. I am like the world's biggest spiritual cheerleader, you know, and this has been a huge integration process of me not being jealous because jealousy has never served me. 
Um, I think competition, healthy competition and in, in assisting us in our own growth patterns and pushing ourselves a little harder to study harder or to, to delve into our realms. But I love celebrating people and meeting Kimberly Kelly was, I, I mentioned that story because it, it's, you know, it, certainly there's like a, oh man, I hope that we like each other. I hope that we get along. I hope that there's not a sense of competition or any, um, you know, concerns about like, are we going to be on the same page? Are we going to be friends? You know, I, I've always been such a loner because it's, it's, it's tough. Like I'm, I'm very tender hearted, but I'm, I'm also, uh, an airy sun sign. <laughs> Square Neptune, you know, some, I'm very like, you know, Neptunian Piscean sort of energy. I'm very like soft hearted, but you know, I, I, I do want to be included. I don't want to be abandoned. I want to, I want to be friends with people. And that was the immediate feeling with Kimberly. Um, she is an evolutionary astrologer. Um, she's been studying astrology for 20 years and is just recently really delved into Stephen Forrest's AP program. And if you know me, if you know my work, you know that Stephen Forrest is a huge impact and influence on the way that I do what I do. And I think there's a lot of astrologers out there who totally uh, step into that space, who honor what what he is bringing forth in the idea of taking responsibility for your life and working with the energy of the planets and the the signs and the houses in a, in a way that is constructive and supportive of the journey, that this is not just one lifetime, that it, it goes far beyond that and, and allowing us to see our patterns as points of healing rather than detriments that control us. So knowing that Kimberly's devoted a lot of time to the study of evolutionary astrology, um, she's also a leadership coach and an earth mother. Uh, you'll hear more about that on our interview. So if you want to find Kimberly, uh, you can you can uh, locate her on Instagram at Earth Mother Drummer, Earth Mother Drummer, because she is the good witch of the Midwest. Um, so without further ado, I bring you our conversation with Kimberly Kelly. Hi, Kimberly. Hello. And welcome to the SpaceCast. Um, everybody, yes. <laughs> here we are. This is, here we are. This is my friend. This is my astrology friend, Kimberly Kelly. And um, Hello, everyone. Hello. Um, so Kimberly has been practicing evolutionary astrology for 20 years, and we're going we're gonna to jump right in and learn a little bit about that. Um, She's also a leadership coach and an earth mother, um, yeah. a, a believer in energy, and she uses the craft, also known as witchcraft, to benefit the universe. Um, so if you want to find out who we're talking to, you can find her on Instagram at Earth Mother Drummer, Earth Mother Drummer, and she's known as the Good Witch of the Midwest. So welcome, Kimberly. <laughs> Yay, I'm so yes. pleased to have you with me today. And um you know, so we should we should ask about you know maybe one of the delineation differences with evolutionary astrology. Um, what how would you describe that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, it's the only thing I've ever known. So uh, when I when I look at traditional astrology, and there's all sorts of different practices. We know this, right? Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to compare it to Christianity, there's, you know, there's the Catholic version and the 
evangelical version, et cetera. You know, you could, you could go that route. But um, for me, the evolutionary astrology gets back to the fact that we are sovereign beings and that we have choice and that nothing is set in stone. Um, you know, there's no dogma in astrology. Um, I think sometimes traditional can, can do a disservice by saying, you know, negative things about certain aspects or, you know, putting a, a planet in a sign and saying it's quote unquote bad. Um, I think that does a disservice to astrology and to the, the tool that it, that it is. And, you know, I truly believe that with, um, using evolutionary astrology in your life, if you're somebody who chooses to want to evolve and want to become better, to find your true path, so to speak, um, astrology is a great tool for that. And, um, yeah, I just, I, the more and more I use it, the more I practice it, the more I help people use it. I just find it such a gift to be able to share this with people. So that's what I would say. <laughs> oh, I hear you. I hear you. That the idea of, like you said, sovereign beings, that we have choice, that there's no dogma. Yeah. And I, I remember yeah. hearing terms like malefic or benefic <laughs> when it came to planets. And I'm like, actually, like, you know, all people are kind of complicated. I imagine the planets sort of have that quality as well, that they're more than good or bad that we're whole you know and and to be whole means that we're integrating you know we have shadow to integrate we have light to integrate exactly Um, yeah so i mean you're even talking about things like uh when a when a planet is in a sign to its detriment or if it's in its fall is that included i don't really like that word yeah right You know, detriment is not a word I like to use. That's a traditional, a traditional term. That's a great example of the differences is that with evolutionary astrology, we might say that there's opportunities with that kind of um, placement or a certain aspect. Um, This last year has proven to be um, something that many traditional astrologers would probably um, put into the dark, uh, category. And many of us have experienced that firsthand, but yet there is this beauty to what has been going on. There's been a lot of growth and opportunities kind of planted this year that, um, you know, many of us, uh, myself, I can speak for myself here, we're able to dive into our stuff, right? Our stuff that we needed to take care of. And Stephen Forrest, who is who I consider my teacher now, and um, you know, I'm in the apprentice apprenticeship program um, under him. Um, he uses the phrase, uh, "If you don't work on your stuff, your stuff will work on you." Right. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> with the evolutionary astrology, that stuff um, is the detriment. Right. It's it's the stuff that uh, is showing to you saying, hey, you're going to need to work on this. This isn't necessarily going to be fun and a bed of roses. But when you 
work through it, it's going to be extremely satisfying. <laughs> I so, so I, I feel like that applies with myself personally. I guess I think of things that normally would be a negative. You know, it's like, oh, you have a kidney disease or, oh, you have scoliosis or, oh, you have depression, et cetera. I mean, the experiences I've had in this body, you know, oh, being, mm -hmm. an, being an addict, you know, that's like, that's a stamp yeah, that you'll never great... get off of you. And I've always looked at them as opportunities, you know, because you can mm -hmm. either wallow and be like, well, this is just what I'm stuck with. Or you can say like, hey, I'm going to make friends with this and see how I can transform my experience or my relationship with this, this thing. Right. 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 And I, right. And I think a lot of people who are drawn to astrology are looking for that. Right. They're looking for that guidance on, um, you know, what, what to tools integrate? do I have? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do I integrate the shadow stuff? How do I work with this thing I've been given that, that most people might judge, uh, the traditional conservative uh, mainstream may call it bad, but how do I take that and make it work for me? Mm -hmm. And uh, we see more and more people doing this and, uh, you know, stepping into their true selves and not being ashamed of those things that uh, maybe formerly were considered quote unquote bad. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, good stuff. Well, Absolutely. Well, that's so that's just some insight on evolutionary astrology. We'll probably dive more into that um, as we go into the eclipse this week and the uh, energy yeah. ahead. Yeah. But I'm, I'm curious um, to you, like I have an image of what an earth mother is to me. And I'd love <laughs> to hear I'd love to hear your identification with that term. Um, anything you yeah. have to share about how like how you came to own that. <laughs> <laughs> and how we can all be better earth mamas, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I am a mother. Um, I gave birth to two beautiful children. And um, you don't have to give birth to be a mother. I think that um, e even, uh, you know, humans that were born um, biologically male, right, or whatever, can also embrace the mama uh, archetype. Mm. So if you're talking evolutionary astrology, let's get into archetypes, right? Um, the mother is very nurturing. It's cancer. It's, um, you know, the sign of cancer. It's, uh, I have a father oh, no. who's a cancer that's very nurturing and embraces that mother archetype. And, um, I think when we add the earth element to it, it's just really, paying attention to the earth and how much she guides us and nurtures us. And let's be honest, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for the earth. And uh, that's one of the really good things about this last year is the earth has had a little bit of a break. Uh, we've seen a lot of beautiful things happening in nature because the earth has less carbon you know, monoxide in her atmosphere and all of that. But anyway, um, an earth mother to me, and I'm a drummer too. I actually drum uh, djembe uh, drumming, African drumming. I've been doing that for, oh gosh, 12, 13 years now. And it's a hobby. Um, 
but I do feel when I drum, I'm, I'm immediately connecting to the earth and you form this energy um, when you drum that is unlike anything I've ever experienced. Um, You know, people probably on the listening have experienced some sort of sound healing, but when you are drumming, you are directly connected with that spiritual object between your legs. You know, imagine that (laughs) this vibration between your legs, you know, Hey, that'll get the the listeners. Right. Um, (laughs) And it's, it's healing. It's healing. It's healing. Not only yourself, it's healing everything around you. And it's, it creates this direct portal to, this higher place, this higher vibration. And um, I'd have to say I'm extremely grateful to be married to a woman who um, is a drum teacher and teaches drumming. And so I have, you know, pretty easy access to, uh, to that gift of drumming. So um, yeah, that's just a little bit about me and, and the earth. I, I do practice what's called earthing. I don't know if you've ever heard of earthing. I've been doing it since, uh, since uh, the pandemic hit. Um, do you know what earthing is? I'm, I'm familiar with the idea of being barefoot in nature to reconnect with the, I mean, the ions and the stimulation yes. that we get from the environment. But tell, tell yes. me more about your experience with it. Well, it's way too cold now. Uh, <laughs> to go out and put your feet on the on the earth um but hugging a tree uh, does the same thing and if if you are the type who likes to walk uh, in the woods or whatever i i love to walk in the woods it's one of my favorite pastimes um and i will literally see a tree from very far away and i'll connect with it and i'll be like i'm gonna hug that tree and, I'm gonna get and you, you. I'm gonna go yeah, get you. <laughs> yeah, and and after 30 seconds, something mm. starts to happen. It's like this whoosh, you know, it just completely you feel a part of the tree and you're totally transcended into this this connection with the earth. And um they've actually proven that this creates a positive um change in your in your body. Um, and relieves stress and, and, oh, I can't quote everything that it does, but it has to, it really helps me. It helps me feel grounded. It helps me feel connected. And, you know, I think walking in the forest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they say just smelling, um, the, you know, leaves rotting in the fall, they, they call it humus, the, Uh the smell or, um, it's just, it's this, you know, the smell of decay actually increases uh, endorphins and dopamine in the brain. So getting, oh, yeah. getting out to nature is so important. So in, in, you it know, really barefoot, is. you know, watch, watch a step. You don't want to hurt yourself. But <laughs> I think, I think, you know, connecting with trees, like having, having a partner that I, I call him tree. Um, he is oh, a tree nice. climber. And yeah. he really relates with trees and um, speaks about their bark and their, their skin. And it's so yes. amazing to see someone who really connects with trees in a different way than I do. Because I, I love uh, touching them and seeing their, their, their experience or speaking to them or speaking to their wisdom. And mm-hmm. 
often, often I'll, um, you know, you go and touch a tree. It's that, you know, the same as hugging in a way or however you want to relate. I think hugging really, really is lovely, but often I'll just, you know, um, turn Reiki on and, and put my hand to the tree and I'll, I'll either, I'll either go up into the branches or I have to kind of ground myself into the earth below to find that space in between. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. cause it's, yeah. It, I mean, you, you can go like really high or really low if you don't find that center point when you're sort of connecting with tree wisdom, but I don't know that I, I haven't really shared that with anyone. So it's, it's nice to hear that you really, um, oh, rebel yeah. in nature. It sounds like, Oh, I'm a, a firm believer that we got to get back to nature. We have to look to her to solve our problems of the, of the world right now. Um, we've gotten so far away from her. Um, when you look at our food systems, you look at our, our healthcare systems, you look, you know, even our school systems, you look at uh, our buildings, you know, these square buildings that are, you know, rectangular in nature, they're so far from uh, mother nature's architecture. And, and I see with this Aquarius energy coming, you know, more ideas that bring us back to nature uh, in ways that we've never even imagined. So it's pretty exciting times right now. Absolutely. Well, we've been talking a bit about soil and that that's a question that I like to, you know, ask uh, my guests <laughs> that come on. Yeah. Um, to, Kimberly, tell me about the kind of soil that you were produced from. You know, what, what was your <laughs> spiritual and physical journey that brought you to become an earth mother? Like, tell me more about your background. <laughs> Well, I grew up in small town, Iowa, surrounded by farm fields that um, fortunately in my young youth uh, weren't filled full of glyphosate and chemicals like they are today. Um, mm. But I did grow up close to the woods and in, you know, kind of out in the country. And um, I'm an only child, so my dog... I had a, a collie dog named Buffy and uh, <laughs> Buffy and I would often, uh, you know, go romping in the woods and get into all sorts of trouble. Um, so I, 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 I grew up in the woods and um, I, you know, I, I was, I was brought up um, Christian Lutheran actually. And um, you know, did that whole thing. And I, it never felt right to me. Uh, I remember being confirmed and part of confirmation, the, uh, the boys in the group got to do the altar candles. You know, they got to light mm, them and the boys them out. got to do it. The boys got to do it. Right. And similar in Catholic, um, Catholic mass. Right. And I questioned is, that, is, you know, I, I, I questioned like, well, why can't I do it? I want to do it. I want to light the candles. You know, I'm totally into candle magic and love. I have a candle lit right now. Um, and, you know, so I was constantly pushing back on the system. I just, I didn't trust its rules of what it was telling me. I didn't trust that there was this place called hell or even this place called heaven. Like I just, I just didn't believe it. They just didn't have any proof. Like I just didn't, it didn't connect for me. So, um, 
when I discovered um, paganism, uh, specifically Wicca, you know, it's all about energy. It's about the elements and energy. And there's a lot of other things there. I don't connect with that anymore. Um, I connect more with just uh, the primal elements of fire, um, water, air, and earth, and spirit, of course. Um, but yeah, I think energy is everything. I'm a believer in energy and always have been, always been a, a big fan of nature. And I, I think she helps us and uh, helps us get through this thing called life. <laughs> so wow um i just love thinking about you being like a mischievous little child because you're a son in gemini yes and, you know we all know mercury like you know the, the story of hermes birth like oh yeah he he's born and then he's immediately causing trouble and like, oh yeah <laughs> oh, that was me i was a troublemaker there i was totally a troublemaker uh, and i told <laughs> the biggest stories Oh my gosh, I'm such a storyteller, and um, <laughs> may, maybe part of the reason why I'm a, a, an astrologer now, part time, is because I love telling the stories of astrology. Because I, you know, one of the things I'll tell people when I'm looking at their charts, especially when I'm doing a north node uh, nodal reading, south node, north node, um, is I'm going to tell you a true story. And it's not based in any fact, <laughs> you know, we have all these, um, these stories we can tell about the planets and what sign they're in and the aspects they're in the houses they're in. And, um, sure we could tell a story, but that might not be exactly how it went down, you know, but the energy is the same and that's, what's important. The energy is the same. So if you humans learn through stories, that's right. That's right. They do. And they connect with them. And so even if you don't get the story right, they'll connect with the energy and they'll most likely see that energy in their life today. Um, because that's what we do. We repeat things over and over again until we learn. And it's okay if you have to repeat them. Totally. It's, it's, I guess it's in our best interest if we integrate faster than later. Yeah, than later. <laughs> totally. It's totally okay to repeat things. And I know there's things in my life I know I'm probably going to repeat. And I've made peace with that. So it's all good. It's all good. That's a thing I love about um, doing a reading for somebody is um, helping them see that it is going to be okay. And that we are going to be okay. And, uh, you know, even if we die, we're going to be okay. <laughs> that's, that's the way I look at it. Everything's workable. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I think of all of the, the, the books that I've read, you know, with astrology and I'm still going, I'm, you know, I'll be going forever. The ones yeah. with the stories are always my favorite. Yeah. Like Stephen Forrest's illustrations, the book, The Inner Sky, mm -hmm. which is, it's a primer. I think that any newer astrologer coming into the fold, that this is a book that you'll want to read a couple times and always have it on your reference shelf. Yeah, Because you know, it sure. covers the signs, it covers the, the houses and the planets. And yeah. I mean, it even gets into some concepts of blending, which is really where, you know, astrology takes flight. Um, for sure. You know, when it becomes more communicable, um, 
and I, I just, I love Stephen Forrest's illustration. So it's so cool to have um, met you through your spouse, you know, just, just over a year ago. And um, gosh, I have so many questions for you. I want to hear about North and South Node, like just, just to, you know, I love, I love your tale telling about how that works, but I want to come back to, um, you know, how old you were when you found the craft Oh yeah. and you, uh, obviously this understanding of energy, but you found your mentor, Joe, um, also known as Mariah von Stein in, and she passed just in 2016. Um, yeah. T- tell me how you found her. And, and do you think that, um, that young, that young witch or craft practitioners should find a mentor? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. So, um, when I was a child, uh, well, and even up until this, this very year, uh, my family, we would go to upstate New York and the Adirondack mountains. And, um, I like to go hike in the woods and I'd go off on my own and I'd hike in the woods and I'd end up at this place where there's this point and it overlooks the water and the mountains. And it's absolutely a gorgeous, amazing place on earth and I would sit there and I would feel trans I I use the word transcended but it's it's like connected it's like a oneness it's like I was plugged in to something that was beyond what I could can explain to you with words um and I knew that there was something really special out there and um let's fast forward you know 20 five years probably and I had just gotten out of a really bad job I had um, entered into um, one of many uh, somewhat emotionally abusive relationships that I've been in throughout my life and I was faced with um, extreme poverty and um, I was in a really low point in my life and I had just um went on a bike ride, a really long bike ride. And I ended up in the cemetery and I was like having thoughts of suicide. And I I know people don't like to talk about that and it makes people uncomfortable, but I think more of us have had it than not. And I was at that place where I was like, what am I doing with my life? And um, on my way home from the bike ride, I stopped at a local pub And I'd always go to this pub. It was really close to my house. And it was like my second living room. I spent entirely too much money there. I drank too much there. I, you know, too much debauchery happening. And right across the street was this little shop that you really couldn't tell what it was called. It had little trinkets and jewelry and things in the window and looked sparkly and somewhat magical. Um, And I walked in. I decided to go there instead of the bar and when I walked in I met Mariah and uh, anyone who knows Joe Von Steen or Mariah um, can attest to her stature and her presence Um, it was unlike anybody I've ever met before you knew that there was something really special about this person and she was there by herself and she started asking me some questions and um, next thing you know, she's offering me this class uh, called um, uh, the circle is cast. 
the circle is cast. That was the name of the class. And um, it was a nine week class and it cost $110. And I'll never forget this because I knew at that moment I had $111 in my bank account. That was all the money I had to my name. And I wrote her that check knowing that I had $1 left to my name and that it was going to be okay. And I'm getting kind of a clumped right now because it's like such a cool story because over that nine weeks of being in her class, I came into my power. I came into my sovereignty. I realized that I had choice. I realized that I wasn't a victim of my circumstances. And I realized that I had the tools and the power to do what I wanted to do with my life. And um, astrology helped me, witchcraft helped me, spell castings helped me, um, energy work, uh, the work that you do, Reiki and all of that. Um, I've had a plethora of that throughout my life and, and all of it has helped me, um, you know, really come into who I am now. And, and I'm, I'm happy with the path and I feel like she changed my life. And so when she passed, in 2016 it it was devastating um we knew she was sick it was to the whole community yeah i mean we knew she was sick she had been sick for a long time and she 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 was so funny um and stubborn and um you know (laughs) one of the last things she said to me was so funny She's in the ICU and it's right before she died and um, she was having major heart complications and um, she had found out the doctor had told her that she could no longer put cream in her coffee. (laughs) And here's my friend, my, my witch mama who could barely speak and took her a lot of energy to say anything. And she whispers in my ear, I can't have cream in my coffee anymore. (laughs) <laughs> she was so upset and uh and I I couldn't help but chuckle you know um she was funny till till the end and uh god I miss her I miss her a lot but you know I know she's here with me and she's here in a different form she's really helped me understand death in a way I never understood it before and um Sometimes I think maybe she left to uh, be more powerful on the other side because she has definitely bigger there and there's definitely more possibilities to help us humans down here on earth. So yeah, she's, she's an awesome, awesome spirit and uh, she'll always be a part of me. So thanks for asking about her. Yeah. Uh, I, I love how affirming the story is about trust, you know, because if if there was one word to accompany that, that pathway, you know, the cemetery, the the loss of um, self-worth, honestly, I mean, considering the the circumstances of you had, you had no resources physically to to speak to you of your resources within. And by expelling that last bit that you had available to cast into yourself right mm-hmm. that that 111 dollars that 110 dollar right. class i mean that that really speaks to trust 
I appreciate yeah, you sharing you that. Um, I mean, a- ancient ways is a, is a, it still has an iteration of itself, but the, the place that it was when Joe carried its weight, you know, carried the energy and infused the store, you know, there on Woodland Avenue and Sherman Hill yeah. and Des Moines. Um, you know, it, it was, it was a very, very special place. Yeah, it still is. And I'm glad that it's in, yeah, it's in great hands now um, under the name Whispers. Yep. And then the, the, the store um, Ancient Way still has uh, a, a space on um, close to Drake yeah, in Des Moines. Whis- Whispers so. has the drumming classes too. That's where um, my spouse partner, Linda, oh, uh, teaches drumming. So she's still doing drumming. They have um, classes on Sundays at two o'clock and uh, they're still doing they have uh, sh- plenty yeah. of space in there. Yep. Yeah, so good. Great. Well, I will set a link up to that because that's that's really good information to know. I mean, especially with what you shared about the djembe and having this powerful instrument between your oh, legs gosh, and the vibrational yeah. healing that it's comes so great. with it. Um, Jim, yeah. who's yeah. one of the owners of Whispers, Jim Curtis, um, he actually has um, he started reheading drums and he's even built a drum from scratch. So um, if if anyone in the Des Moines area is curious about what a djembe is or, or whatever, talk to Jim. He's uh, kind of become an expert in them. It's fun. Yeah. How cool. Necessity is That's the mother right. of invention. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, Joe, Joe taught you the ways of the craft in the beginning, at least, you know, helping you to step into your yes. power. What did astrology come before that? Or did she teach you astrology? How did this, like well she she was an astrologer and um she'd studied carl jung and she was she claimed to be an evolutionary astrologer which she was that was um what she practiced and she was a union um counselor so um you know she would help people through that she did tarot cards and all of that um so she was, you know, she was helping people uh, throughout her life. And uh, one of the ways she did that was teach these classes. And um, gosh, she she did so many classes. And I actually ended up teaching those classes. I was kind of an apprentice under her and um, taught the classes as well. Um, I shifted quite a bit when she passed. I um I realized there was a lot of dogma and um, things within the pagan and uh, people who practice Wicca that I wasn't really all subscribed to. And I started getting more um, focused on the energy side of it. And I just love like whipping up a ritual and not caring about all the steps or, you know, having a thing like, oh, well, you got to purify before you ground or, you know, whatever. It's like, I just want to be magical and witchy um, when I want to be. <laughs> so, right, because it's about intention. I mean, if you don't have a particular type of yeah. stone or an herb that's really hard to it get, it doesn't matter. Of, you don't need. You, you have everything you need. Things. And 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 if if someone's out there and they're thinking, well, should I get a mentor for? witchcraft or or whatever they're into because I know it's kind of big on the mainstream right now and I think there's a lot going on there that isn't necessarily authentic but 
we won't get into that. I just, I, I think people need to look uh, deep within themselves and use their own intuition to figure out what feels good for them. Um, if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. You know, <laughs> you know, it's a great, great rule for life. Uh, and, um, but, but even those early on the path might, might not know the difference between intuition and what other parts of their, if their emotional nature or their mental nature is getting involved with getting. Oh, that's a really good point. We could probably have a you whole know. podcast on that because uh, find, finding and trusting <laughs> your own intuition is a journey um, into itself. And then there's quite a lot of astrology that speaks to that as well. But, um, you know, intuition is one of those characteristics we have as humans that has been um slowly snuffed out by technology and um alexa and you know codependency smart devices that (laughs) tell you when to you know poop (laughs) i'm just kidding um but you know i mean we have so many things inundating us these days that um in order to find your intuition, you have to be able to get quiet. You have to be able to, to listen to your voices and, and be able to tell, is that a voice that's truly mine? Or is that a voice that's coming from the external? What's external, what's internal? Um, and uh, that is not, you don't have to be practicing any sort of anything to, to get that. That's just part of being human. So... Um, getting quiet walks in the woods or meditation is great yoga is great yeah anything that helps you to sort of quiet the quacky mind without being abusive to it you know it's making friends with the mind so that you know what's me and what's not me I have a great great meditation activity visual that I love to share with people Um, it's, it's the, uh, cartoon like Tom and Jerry, you know, um, uh, Mm. Tom is the cat and um, Jerry's the mouse, right. And Jerry's got his little mouse, uh, hole in the wall, you know, that he comes in and out of. So you're Tom, you're the cat, right. And you're on the, you're outside looking at the, the mouse hole and, your thoughts are Jerry or the other mice, whatever, trying to come out. And so every time one of those thoughts comes into your head, you just bat it back into the wall. Like, get back, get back. Oh, my dog is like <laughs> all excited now. Um, but yeah, so that I, I love that activity. Like if I have a really scattered day and like lots of mental chatter happening, I go to my Tom and Jerry imagery to bat the mice back (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh okay so how so how did you get from from joe's evolutionary astrology to you know you're you're gonna graduate from the forest program this spring and he's not he's not going to be continuing doing in-person um classes it sounds like a lot's shifting with um you know he he has some amazing oh my gosh. students that are going to be teachers that are going to take over chart reading that have really dedicated themselves to his particular yeah. style and i know that there's you know like i'm not I, there's some academics out there that that blow my mind when it comes to astrology but you know forest and um green used to work together 
Um, but but Stephen Forrest, when when did you start this program? How long has yeah. it taken you? Um, uh, so when Mariah died, um, she was doing this um, thing called Astrology Salon. And um, her best friend, Judy, Judy um, McClure, who I love dearly and um, is a huge part of this uh, journey as well. Um, Judy and I uh, decided we were going to... Um, we were going to resurrect astrology salon. And so we did that for a while. Uh, Friday nights, it was, um, you know, you come and you sit down and we don't know who these people are. And they tell us their all their data and we put it up on the big screen and and we would start to do their their chart. And, you know, I had at that up to that point, I hadn't really seriously considered myself a quote-unquote astrologer I, I I had dabbled in it right it was like something I did for my own personal mm-hmm. use I I didn't consider it something that I was doing for the people and, and part of the reason that we started doing this was to honor Mariah right but I started to feel like mm-hmm. I was a phony like I was a, a fraud like you know, we were kind of going through the same motion, using the same dialogue, and it just didn't feel very good. And Judy and I talked about it, and we said, well, let's let's find a teacher. And so Judy, uh, I think, found Stephen. I'm pretty sure she's the one who gave me the, the very first class I took of his, which had to do with this year. And this was back in 2016. So back in 2016, yeah, wow. he, was, he already was already teaching, teaching about the Pluto return for the United States of America and how it was going to be this massive astrological event in 2020 and what that looked like. And, you know, the class is amazing. And if you if you go back and, and you watch, I still have it. Um, he really spelled out a lot of things we addressed this year. Um, you know, he talked about racism. He talked about um, our fundamental division that we have in this country. Um, so many mm-hmm. things that really have come to the forefront this year that have been, you know, we cannot get around this. This is something that we have to address as a nation. We, you know, we just don't get anything done. We're so divided. Um, so anyway, after I was sold, you know, I got that class, I was sold, I was like, Oh, yeah, we got to do this. And um, Judy's like, Well, do you want to go to this AP class? And I really did, I really wanted to go. But I was, you know, I work in the corporate world, and all sorts of shifts and things happen. And I've had, uh, because of my occupation, and that I'm in like a learning and performance is often one of those areas that gets, you know, restacked and reorganized and all that and um that happened to me I got um I got kicked out and uh you know great package great severance package totally uh left on good terms it's just they didn't need me anymore and uh so here I am uh unemployed but I'm getting a healthy severance and there's this class And it's right at the end of when my severance is going to be up. And I'm like, okay, is this one of those moments where 
I have to just trust that the universe is going to take care of me. And I did. And so I signed up for the class and the day we left, we were in the airport and my phone rings and that was my current employer calling to tell me that they, I was getting a job that I got a job offer. So I was, I got a job right before I went to that, wow. that very first AP class. And, um, yeah, cause you yeah, had to travel in California. So, yeah. um, and gosh, what an amazing experience changed my life, completely changed my life. I mean, when you're around other astrologers, it's just, I just felt so at home. I felt so like, oh my gosh, I found my people. Like, these are my people. Because, <laughs> yeah. Sharing the language. Yeah, and, sharing the language. Oh, we had so much yeah. fun. And then, and then the next class I took was September of um, 2019. And that was when everyone was talking about 2020. And um, I had been doing my own journaling and um exploration in that and you know it really kind of um come up with a scenario that I thought was going to happen and and um so in January I kicked off my astrology business and it was booming like I had clients I, I had more clients than I had time to do them and I'm also doing my corporate job right mm. so I'm super busy Right. And that was January and February. And then, you know, COVID hit, and bam, it's over. So um, the thing that really hit me was I went back and I read my journals. And so many things that I wrote about, I, I was right. You know, I wrote about division, I wrote about um, freedoms being taken away, you know, people having to people being afraid of other people and not knowing why. Um, that was one of the things that really hit me hard was that I'd wrote, written about that, about how like, I was like, why? And this was me, you know, in my journal saying, why would somebody be afraid of somebody else and, and not know why? Like, it's nothing you can see, you know, it's invisible. It's yeah. Nothing and, you can and so see. it really hit me hard that, um, that I had kind of not predicted, but that I had, I'd, I, I had a, I had a sense of what was coming. So I took time off. I think I told you, I just stopped. I was like, no, can't do this anymore. And of course I was whirling and all the fear like everybody else. And, you know, finally dragged myself out of that in June, I think. Um, and decided I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I'm not going to be afraid of this. This is not, you know, I got to live my life. So, so now I'm back <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to finish out my AP class um, in the spring. So <coughs> I'm yeah. So, I'm so proud of you. I, yeah, I, I really respect Stephen Forrest's work. And for those that are not familiar uh, Astrology University has access to almost all of his mm -hmm. classes that have been recorded, seminars. He has so many books. He's putting up books on elements still. He's he's uh, in his, I think he's 70, maybe 71, and is still producing beautiful, thoughtful, evolutionary material, which puts puts the native, the chart native um, in, in perspective so that they, they can 
they yeah. can take charge of their lives, you know, that mm-hmm. we have an option to change. And I think that that's one of the most beautiful things about uh, Stephen's work and, and also his artful ability to, to paint yeah. stories for people. And that brings us up to, you know, the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction sure. that I'd love to talk to you about. Um, coming up here on uh, dropping on the winter solstice. <laughs> what would? Um, so, so Stephen Forrest in his um, recent seminar and talk on this did some really uh, concise work on what the shift into Aquarius will feel like with these two planets, Saturn and Jupiter. Um, he he kind of broke it down to this idea that, you know, you can't just call Saturn restriction and Jupiter expansion. Lucky and unlucky. There's more nuance yeah. there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those two things. And, um, you know, this idea of taking that, the, that it's worth the hard work, you know, to climb the mountain and that there's a pot of honey somewhere oh, it's gold, on this baby. mountain that we it's get to, gold. to get to yeah. climb and do the work. <laughs> yeah. Getting the gold, <laughs> the Jupiter gold. And, you know, other, other aspects that he, that he spoke about was uh, this unearthing this year of the Capricorn um, shadow work, you know, which is this, the old school boys club, the patriarchy, the old home values that we're having to um, confront and recognize that are no longer serving yeah. us. Um, and I mean, I just want to, I just wanted to bring up the solar eclipse last week. Um, I mean, it was this week, it was just a couple of days ago. I think it was so massive and um, you were so kind to take a call from me when I was going through the whirlwind of it. But I was thinking about the solar eclipse being related to father, father issues, God issues, these feelings of fear towards authoritarian figures in our life, you know, where, where a lunar, a lunar cycle might be more um, subtle, more internal, more about nurturing, more about resources can you confirm some of my intuition on this or am I crazy? I just felt like this very like solar masculine kind of energy with, with Monday. And it was reflecting in my own, per- yeah. my own life. Well, so, well, um, any thoughts? you know, we have a tendency sometimes to um, shift to those kind of masculine, feminine, feminine, like that dual um, energy. Right. And um, for you, it showed up as mm-hmm. father. Um, for someone else, it could have shown up as, I just don't want to get up and go to work today. Like, I just don't want to have to get in my car and drive to that place and clock in, you know, like, like the structure, the, um, the, um, the system and, 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 you know, Stephen Forrest talked about the the old school or the old traditional values. Um, he used conservatism, um, but not necessarily in the idea of political. Um, it could be conservatism as in like you come from a large family and your family is expecting you to have a large family. So there's this expectation or this path that has been chosen for you. And this often happens with fathers. Let's just be real. Our fathers often think that they see a better path for us. And that's not necessarily our path, our true path. And that's what that, to me, 
that's what the um the energy of the cosmos right now that's what that's about so monday when we were going through that it was like all this work that we've done all year to define our path and to define our truths and define the mountain that we need to climb it was like us coming out of that cocoon or being birthed you know giving birth is not a pretty or easy thing to do a a butterfly coming out of its chrysalis has to take a really long time it takes a lot of energy for that butterfly to get out of that goo right um and that's what we started to do on monday so monday kicked off all of this stuff that's coming through this week like right now Saturn's going to move into Aquarius tonight, right? <clears throat> We're having all of this really tough things happening right now. And it's kind of going to, um, you know, really be the climax part will be on this coming Monday on the 21st when that conjunction happens. So, um, you know, a lot of people are probably going through some tough stuff right now. But for those of us who kind of see this, right, <clears throat> we know that we're going to get through it. We know that we can do this. We just have to, you know, have the confidence and give ourselves a little push. So, no, you're not crazy. we. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, yeah, and I, that's that's an extreme word. I think I, silly is probably the word I should have placed there. But um, you know, my my mom has always said that you know if you know if you know the energy that you're working with, you can work with it. And I think that speaks to um, the significance that you know astrology gives us some insight. It's not a scapegoat. It's not something to place blame on. And obviously it can be interpreted in a thousand different perspectives, more than that. You know, as many, as many people as there are, there can be different perspectives or interpretations of of how the energy will play out. So it's really important to discern the information that you get in, um, you know, from your, your sources, whether that be super mundane astrology memes online, or if you're getting it through an app, Uh. (laughs) dare I say it, Um, you know, and I see there's, you know, obviously benefits. Um, I should put up a link to that article from bitch magazine about, uh, about, you know, co-star taking the place of uh, (laughs) therapist for the last couple of years, you know, and, yeah. and I, you know, I, I interviewed a therapist because I wanted to talk yeah, about I listened that. To that. that was good. But, um, we, you know, we all have to be, oh, thanks. Um, she's amazing. Uh, I, uh, I feel really lucky to have so many amazing people in my life and I'm, I'm really grateful to be speaking with you. Um, but I, I guess my, my thoughts here are, you know, just to encourage people to, to use everything with discernment Um, I I try not, I try to stay out of drama with every one of my reports because I see so much drama online. Ah, the eclipse is coming, bitch, get out, you know, (laughs) let me just hide in my bathtub for a week. And it's like, you, you, you have to move intuitively with the information that comes in and how these energies affect you personally. Well, and everybody's got a different chart, right? So everybody's going to be experiencing it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. However, there are things in the collective as humans that we're all experiencing, 
And um, I think that's what we have an opportunity, um, you know, as a group of, of, of beings on this planet uh, right now, that, you know, coming into this Aquarius, it, this is the time. This is the time to imagine our new world. This is the time to really get rid of those old structures that don't work for us anymore. Um, the food system, the, the fact we're putting chemicals into our soil and that our food is packed full of chemicals. Like, come on, let's, let's, let's figure this out. Like, how can we have a healthier way of living so that we don't have so many chronic health issues in our country? Um, you know, there's so many, so many things we yep. could dive into there, but I really think that, um, when it comes to astrology, like you have to work on your own stuff. You can't work on anybody else's stuff. <laughs> so if, if somebody wants to hide in a bathtub for days on end, that's about them. <laughs> that's what they get to do. Yeah. My, my, yeah. my Pisces moon's ready for that stuff. No, I mean, I, I felt a really amazing catharsis. Like I, you know, I usually go in pretty open-minded without any expectations about these big cycles or what a new moon or full moon will look like for me personally. Um, I, I try not to brace for impact because that's how you break more bones. Right. So it's this idea of like yeah. kind of softening to the experience. Like, you know, yeah. that it's coming, but you just keep Definitely. breathing through it and being prepared. And I mean, how you be prepared is like, you keep your tools in your toolbox. Yep. You have your friends on speed dial. You have your notebook in hand. Um, you can reflect, you know, wor- you know, work with the astrologer and find out, you know, where this is triggering your personal makeup, your chart. Um, what themes keep repeating themselves? Mm-hmm. What is your broken record yep. in your life? What tree do you keep going around? <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just circling that, circling that tree. Um, I was just really excited to see how many um, people reached out to me and were having moments of aha, moments of clarity, moments of reception to this this type of. The, I mean, the solar eclipse was was impactful. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a meteor shower the night before, um, and this is all kind of leading up. And you mentioned on um, on Sunday about you know right before the eclipse that we were going to be you know we're in. We're still in Sagittarius season, but we're going to shift here pretty quick with the solstice. And you said we were in a cocoon. Um, Do you want to share anything about that? And do you want to look at the Um, astrology for the solstice? The cocoon is the the part that I was saying we've been in all year. So when uh, we look back to the um, Mm. uh, June, I think it was, um, I think Jupiter uh, ducked into Aquarius for a hot second. And um, that's when all the stuff came up uh, about George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and all that stuff um, started happening. So, um, you know, with Jupiter moving into Aquarius again, um, you know, you never know what what might come up. Um, So the cocoon, though, individually is, you know, what have you been working on? What? what have you, uh, what stuff have you been um, diving into over the past six, eight months? And uh, this time right now, you know, beginning with Monday's um, new moon, um, what, what are you going to birth, right? What are you, what are you giving birth to um, for that winter solstice? So 
Uh, yeah, I think it's a, a really auspicious time. It's a time to really reflect on what you truly want, what your what your path is. Is it your true path? Is it a path that you've been told? Or is it a path that is you for real, you know, like your true path? Um, you know, are you choosing or are you following? Right? Um, are you feeling? Are you really truly feeling or are you numbing? Um, so, you know, getting into those places where we're choosing, we're feeling, we're listening to our own truths. I think that's the the birth. That's the metamorphosis out of the cocoon into, you know, a butterfly to take off. So that's what I see <clears throat> coming for the coming year in this, this Aquarius is, all these little butterflies coming out and being free and finding their their truth. Yeah. Flowing, flowing with the winds. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that analogy. And even the winter yes. solstice, mm-hmm. the sun is born. You know, it's it's when, when our days start to lengthen again. And there's been some association between why the Christian holiday hmm, of Christmas is so think close about to that. the December solstice. <laughs> A son is born. um, Yeah. A son, the real, the real, okay. Yep. 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 But, but what you said about, you know, what, what are we giving birth to? And I like this, like this idea of that solar energy, the vital self, the healthy ego, the shining light, you know, like the, um, what are we, what are we here to give to the world? And you mentioned all of these, you know, that, Mm-hmm. All the bad, there's a lot of bad stuff happening. And, and I, and I hate, and I, and I hesitate to use the word bad in the first place sure. because that that's labeling, that's judging, you know, because the whole, the whole picture is that sure. things happen so that we transform our consciousness. You know, there, there mm-hmm. are opportunities yes. for, for forgiveness is how my mom would put it. Right. Um, but we, we have a lot of um, misqualified energy out there, including glyphosates on the soil. Like you said, the, um, how we're treating, mm-hmm. uh, pollu- you know, polluting the earth in such a tragic, tremendous way. And then being gaslit by mm-hmm. these big, big industries like big oil, um, you know, oh, it's the consumer. Yeah, it's the consumer's fault. The thing they are yeah. the ones that have to change it. It's like no change. No, the you're policies. fine. Okay, I'm getting too far into that. But you mentioned, you know, imagine imagining, you know, pick pick your issue. I think that's a that's a big thing uh, for me because if you get so overwhelmed, like how many letters can you write to your representatives? How many protests can you attend in a week? How many letters can you send to a company? You know, it get, it get, the list goes on and on and there's all of these intentions and then maybe nothing gets done. You know, so I say either picking an organization that you feel very passionate about, like if you are all about the coral reefs, like you put your money where your mouth is. Right. And like if you care about homelessness issues and like you focus on that stuff and if all of us pick like the one thing that really gets us riled up. Well, and. That that creates yeah, a bigger and I, I kind of want to take a step back on because um, what's really important, Lauren, is that we as a human, as a, a person who has choice, right? We have to choose what brings us the most ecstasy, and um, I don't mean that sexually. I mean it as in what makes you ecstatic about life. Like, where do you find your joy? How, how do you, um, 
how do you find that? You know, and um, some people, it could be writing letters to their politicians, right? Or elected officials. For some people, it could be to enter politics. For others, it could be to dismantle, um, you know, whatever needs to be dismantled because there's so many things that are crumbling right now. And that was the power of Pluto. And, and that's still going on, by the way. Um, Pluto is there to dismantle oh, yeah. and crumble the things that are not working. And um, those insidious forces at work that are trying to suppress the human are going to go away. They're going to go away because we are finding our light and we are finding like where we shine. And that's, what's really important is that we find our own light and our own um, thing that makes us ecstatic about life. Cause that's what life's all about. Right. Yeah. You should resonate with yeah. the vibe, you know, yeah, follow exactly. the vibe, what gets your heart rate going. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that, you know, my, my, we all have to take care of ourselves first, you know, and if you're working three jobs and raising kids, like you don't mm-hmm. have a bandwidth mm-hmm. often to do the extra pieces, you know? So it, I think it's those, those of us who have that privilege of time or privilege of, you know, you know, the fact that I can like even talk about this stuff means that I have the privilege of time to, to be considered these things. And I, I used to feel so overwhelmed and I thought that I, I had to fix it all and yeah. that only left me in a puddle. Yeah. You know, it's really, uh, really critical you, you that um, um, self care and- is a big theme that of course happened this year and will continue um, because we're doing some hard work right now and we have to know when it's time to rest, when it's time to pull back in, mm-hmm. to not push so hard, to, take time to, you know, to gather strength because we're going to need strength. We need strength. And, and in order to have strength, you have to be able to rest. So really important. Yeah. Um, I'd love to get your insight on um, the, the transition yeah. from Capricorn to Aquarius, because we have the, the first part of 2021 I went ahead and looked yeah. towards the new moon and full moon reports and we have a stellium moving from Capricorn into oh Aquarius. It's going to be a lot of Aquarian energy. And uh, I don't, Aquarius is, you know, in, in my chart, but unaspected sure. and not triggered by anything for the most part. <laughs> so I, I <laughs> it's not an energy that I wholly um, embody, you know, even though I think I'm, I'm part of my generation, I'm a little bit kooky and I love Aquarian ideals and have so many Aquarian teachers and uh, mentors <laughs> in my life, but you as a Gemini air sign, I feel like maybe you could, you could bring yeah, it, bring yeah. it down. So Aquarian energy, I immediately, you know, it's the water bearer. Um, that symbolism of, you know, bringing the water to, you know, it, it's not a water sign, right? But it's bringing the water. So if you think about it in, in that way, and you think about what needs, what Capricorn has brought up, you know, over the last year, it's like Aquarius is going to bring the water. We're so thirsty. We're so thirsty for that water. And 
the thing I love about astrology is that the um, excesses of one sign, like the next sign heals the excesses of the sign before it. So the excesses of Capricorn, you know, extreme control, extreme difficulty, you know, everything feels hard, like hard. It's so hard. And that's the the excesses of that sign right and then we we go into Aquarius which is the healer of that it's bringing the water it's bringing the nutrients it's bringing the ideas that we need right now to to heal humanity um uh, Aquarius is extremely innovative like like things that you never even thought of and I know a lot of astrologers like to go to tech which I do think that technology is going to have some play at this um, because right now our technological I that's not a word but <laughs> our, yeah there you go our, our technology Te- technological forces savvy or whatever. of technology yeah. are so great right now they have such a power over humanity right now that with Jupiter being in Aquarius, you know, that causes me some pause. It causes me to say, you know, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should, right? Just because you can create something that you inject into a human being that alters their DNA, should we be doing that? Like, like, yeah. It seems extremely innovative, but are there going to be repercussions down the road? So I, I think there's some cautions that we have to take um, when we're in this, all this Aquarian energy, because we're going to have changes coming at us like you wouldn't believe. And uh, how do we discern, you know, what's right for us and how do we maintain our personal freedom? Because that's another big thing about Aquarius is freedom and independence. Freedom and independence is a huge theme for Aquarius. So, um, you know, I've talked about that quite a bit um, in our conversation around finding your path. What's your true path? And and I'll repeat those questions. You know, are you following or are you choosing? Is somebody telling you you have to do something or are you choosing to do it? Like these are the questions we have to ask ourselves Um, when we're in this Aquarian energy is like, um, am I listening to my truth or am I having somebody outside of me or something outside of me tell me what my truth should be? So um, that's just my little rundown of Aquarian energy and what I think we need to be thinking about um, as we come into all of this uh, massive amounts of Aquarius energy. exciting (laughs) it's exciting i i love that idea of like bring bring the water i'm so thirsty this like dry ass earth element capricorn year you know we well yeah and you you think about the imagery of the capricorn the Um, sea goat we'll see see. you know the goat climbs this mountain it's such a hard journey they get to the top of the mountain and they dive into the water And then you go into this water bearer, you know, it's like so poetic and so beautiful. Like, it's just, I mean, I'm really excited for uh, the coming year. I'm, I'm really hoping that we start to see the light and we start to see 
like the capability we have as humans to um, change our worlds, change things for the better, and really create some things that we never thought were possible. It's going to be a good year, Lauren. Yeah. I'm feeling it, Kimberly. Oh, I've loved You're talking welcome. to you. Thank you so much for joining me this yes. evening as Saturn moves into Aquarius. And that's all for this week's episode of Inspired Astrology with Lauren K. Hickman. I hope you've been enjoying these interview episodes with guests and friends of mine um, who offer so many different perspectives and I'd love to hear from you I'd love for if you think there's somebody I should interview Um, I have a whole list of folks and hoping to integrate that into these astrological reports um, bringing some different perspectives and uh, just information for you to take with you on your spiritual journey Um, you can find me at Lauren K Hickman at Lauren K. Hickman on Instagram, um, my website, energyinterpreter.com. Of course, finding these episodes, like me, follow me, subscribe, um, all the things (laughs) so that you know when we have new episodes coming out. And um, as always, I do this work for free from the bottom of my heart. And I certainly appreciate any donations, any tips in my tip jar, in the internet space. Um, You can find me on Venmo at Lauren K. Hickman uh, or PayPal lkhickman at gmail.com. And any, any amount is really appreciated. This is what I do for a living. This is what I do to support myself, to feed my my dog dragon, my hound dog who's sitting right here with me now. Um, and to continue to bring, um, to bring information out into the world. And I thank you so much for taking the time to listen to attend to yourselves, to encourage yourselves in these very challenging times. Stay inspired.